0: It's an honor just to be podcasted, a highly opinionated experiment in tricking my husband to giving a nerdy euphemism about award shows. My name's Christopher Basile, and I'm making designations and then ignoring them.
1: I am so confused.
0: Oh, we're doubling down.
1: I'm Alexander Price, and I'm very confused by this <laughs> double down.
0: Oh, we're double downing because I found something you actually cared about last time. TV shows oh, and the Emmys. Oh, yeah, I do like TV shows. Yeah. And you actually got excited and angry in, a, in good measure last time. Mm. Excited is relative on this podcast. It is very relative, so I'm going where I could find it. And we're talking about another aspect of the Emmys today, specifically the designations of limited series and television movie. Okay. So.
1: The same thing.
0: No. No, I know. Limited <laughs> series is something
1: like Big Little Lies. Sort of. And TV movie is something like The Flaming Bed or Mother, May I Sleep with Danger.
0: You did some really interesting choices there (laughs) on the television movie. The Burning
1: Bed, not The Flaming (laughs) Bed. I was going to
0: say, I don't know Flaming Bed. So uh, we have a couple things to talk about in terms of this going into the history. Hopefully I'll keep that a little bit limited because I want to talk about the way that the Emmys deal with these categories currently. Okay. So I'm going to start with this quote that I found from Francis Ween who wrote a book called Television, a History, because it's one of my favorite things written about just the nature of doing storytelling in TV. Okay. Quote, Both soap operas and primetime series cannot afford to allow their leading characters to develop, since their shows are made with the intention of running indefinitely. In a miniseries, on the other hand, there is a clearly defined beginning, middle, and end as in a conventional play or novel, Enabli- enabling characters to change, mature, and die as the serial proceeds. Uh, mm, right? Meaning that when writers are working for television, they can't let characters develop very fast, if at all.
1: Sure, because, because you they don't, would run out.
0: Yeah, at a certain point you run out of story to tell, or you're starting to tell a completely different story than what you were intending. And they
1: shouldn't die. Exactly. Except on Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> or on uh, Grey's Anatomy, or any number of things like that. I mean, yeah. But essentially, it's saying that a miniseries, because of its nature of being short, they're able to do whatever they want with these characters because they never have to worry about keeping them going for an extended period of time. hmm And I just kind of love that little definition, so I wanted to just start off with that. But I wanted to go in first and talk about the history of miniseries and television movies, which goes back to the birth of television itself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mechanical
0: butler. Exactly. So when TV shows first started, the majority types of shows that you had were essentially variety com- shows. Exactly, comedy variety shows, and essentially television movies. Oh, uh, like what? There were ongoing things. There was like Playhouse Sixty and a number of things like that, where at a certain night of the week, night of the week, there'd be that program, and they'd do a standalone oh. television movie, frequently based on literature or a play that was going on. Sure, on Broadway at the I was time. gonna say it feels very like filmed play. A lot of the time, yes. Or they do adaptations like of Christmas Carol and stuff like that.
1: Mm -hmm. To be fair, Twilight Zone is kind of like that too.
0: Essentially. Twilight Zone then, when it shows up a little bit later, it is essentially an anthology series created of very short TV movies. And this is something, and I know when you saw me doing research for this, there was a moment where I was like, I feel really stupid that I didn't know this somehow before when we were talking about Emmys and TV and stuff, that essentially the... That's what TV was for the longest time. And the reason that TV series were created is because they found out, oh, we don't have to reinvent the wheel every single episode, build brand new sets, have right. a brand new cast, have a brand new set of characters and writers and everything brought in. It's
1: weird, though, that they, that was a, mm, I guess, I don't know, that that was a new
0: idea. Yes, because there was nothing else There was like nothing it like that. Well, radio. Than, but radio, they didn't have different sets. Sure. And they did discover from radio from a little person known as Lucille Ball. Okay. Who came in, who had a radio show of Desi Arnaz, and it did very well. Mm -hmm. They gave them a TV show and realized, oh, wow, there's basically two sets we use the entire time. Right. It's the same characters. Most of the time, it could be just the four of them.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, and we don't need to reinvent characters each time. They could go through similar different uh, tribulations every episode.
1: So, really, it was radio that helped make a TV
0: series. Yes, but also, like, I'll give so much credit to Lucille Ball for making this happen, because she started doing that. People realized that audiences loved it. They wanted to come back to the same Same characters.
1: characters. It's familiar.
0: Exactly. And that they didn't realize, oh, wait, this is really what television audiences wanted. Not
1: many movies.
0: Right. Because, at first, they were creating television that they thought would make people want to stay in rather than go to the movies. Mm-hmm. So they started billing them a lot of the time as... Events. Event movie kind of things. You get to see actors that would do things on the big screen, but at home. You don't have to go out. Up on the to silver screen. Up on the tiny little metal screen that you have in your room.
1: Yeah, I was an yes. actress at the
0: silver <laughs>
1: screen. I know what the difference is.
0: Yes. And there's a quote, and I can't seem to figure out who exactly said it, but when they were promoting television... In the early days, they described it as, quote, every night was opening night. One never knew when a flick of the knob would spark the birth of a great theatrical literature. Meaning, come in. Hit you, and miss. You never know what's going to be on TV tonight. That's bizarre. <laughs> that is what they were originally thinking.
1: And now it's the complete opposite. It's like, no, I know exactly oh, yeah, what I'm, I'm going to I'm
0: turning in this time every week to see Eleanor Selstrop try to figure out how to survive in the afterlife. Kind of a scenario she's not really surviving
1: but okay uh, you know what i'm
0: saying <laughs> <laughs> i want to see what joey's gonna do next oh joey i mean that's everyone's favorite that's why they t- tuned into that show To um and you were of course
1: talking about melissa and joey exactly great
0: i mean obviously what other joey would i don't know about? uh very rarely at the time were stories split into several episodes but they're like in 1955 there's something called mr lincoln from omnibus which was series uh shown in two parts
1: Oh, two parts. Exactly.
0: Well, that's the thing. That most of the time it I was know. a single thing, or eventually it was a ongoing series. Let alone, like, oh, we're going to tell something that's going to take multiple nights in order to tell. Yeah, it.
1: yeah. Were in they fact- were they sequential nights? Yes. Okay.
0: A lot of the time at this time, a TV movie was something that took co- place over the course of sequential nights, or over the course of a single week.
1: Sure, but not like not like Mondays. When-
0: Right. It wouldn't be like something that like, HBO does a lot of the time now, where it's like every Sunday night, this part of this ongoing series right. would go. Uh, there was also, in 1959, of Fruit of the Bell Tolls from Playhouse 90 series, which was initially planned uh, by the director John Frankenheimer. I don't know that person. He's directed so many movies. That you pro- I don't need to go into it. He's a, a film director who also did a lot of TV and TV movies at the time.
1: Okay. Name one film. Seconds. Mm, I don't believe that's a movie, but whatever. You can continue. (laughs) The
0: Train. No? No. Manchurian Candidate. Oh, okay.
1: I know that. I know that one.
0: (laughs) Mainly for Angela Lansbury, I know. Yeah, of course. That one was to consist of three parts, but ultimately it was broadcast in two 90-minute installments. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. Wait, so
1: the middle part was split into two? Yes. Weird. Exactly. They're like, no one will tune in for three nights.
0: Yeah. And so they discovered, especially when the late 50s happened and Westerns took over on TV. With Gunsmoke. All,
1: all the Westerns.
0: Well, Gunsmoke, Bonanza. Wagon Train, Bonanza, all those sort of things started coming up. And they realized, oh, this is easy storytelling. It doesn't cost as much They to just do. have one
1: set that they keep using. Mm-hmm. They'll build it on a soundstage and then just, you know, use it all the time.
0: Yeah. Let alone, especially in the early days where they were trying to do these all live. Ugh. Yeah. So they, discovered, they eventually went to live on tape. That same thing Lyle of Lucy was doing. That made mm-hmm. it just a lot of easier to be able to figure out how to do but it wasn't until the sixty-nine, seventy British 26-episode serial Foresight Saga that came to the United States that TV executives realized that finite multiple-episode stories based on novels could actually be popular again.
1: Oh, okay. So that it was like, well, these are old-fashioned. Yes. And then they, they made way for the serial.
0: Yes. And we don't have to go into too much detail of this, but you could look at... The way that miniseries storytelling is done now, that we stole completely from the Brits.
1: I mean, yes. But it's just uh, basically our miniseries formula is not far off from their series formula.
0: Yes. And at the time, and especially in England, they called them serials. Right. Which We're is how citizen. I
1: referred to them earlier, because, <laughs> dear listener, if you don't know, I'm a dual citizen. Yes, he is. With two garbage passports now. Mm-hmm. Fun.
0: And with that, especially going into the 70s, miniseries started to come into their own. You may have heard of a little thing called Roots.
1: I've never heard of that In at 1977,
0: all. 1977, Alex Haley. Yeah.
1: I've never heard of Roots or Kunta Quinte or anything. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and similar to what we were saying before, that it, part of the success was due to, they cite uh, its schedule, that it was... A 12 hour duration split into eight episodes broadcast on consecutive nights.
1: Consecutive nights?
0: Yes. Okay. So every single night you turn in to tune in again to see what the story continued from last night. And it somehow got a 71% share of the audience.
1: That's crazy. Yes. So that is insane because is there anything comparable today that has that kind of share?
0: Nothing like that. No.
1: And for those who might not know what that means, it's basically percent of. The pe- of all TV watchers, yes,
0: more or less, yeah. yeah. There's like all these different uh, stipulations into it, but essentially, seventy one percent of the people watching television were watching that Which at is that time.
1: Insanity, just it's cr- yeah, like, it's crazy that anyone would.
0: Like, I'm not even sure if the Olympics get up there. T- this I don't In so. time, no, or the Oscars or anything like that.
1: No, not at all,
0: and especially extended over eight nights.
1: Yeah, and that it's it was it didn't really experience a drop off. Not really, no. If anything, it might have
0: increased. Oh, it definitely increased. Of
1: people basically saying, Oh, did you ha- are you last watching?
0: Night? Did you miss Roots last night? Oh, need to turn on. You need to watch it. Yeah. So by the time it got to its finale, it was huge. huge. Uh, we'll get into the current state of affairs with the series in a little bit, but I'm going to take a step back and go to the history of TV movies. Apparently, film production in general is a very unstable business. Mm-hmm. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, I'm saying apparently, but that they were very hostile about the fact that TV producers might be doing movies at the same time. Sure. Because it'd be taking away from their potential audience and essentially trying to do what they're already doing.
1: And it's getting them in their home as opposed to getting them to come to a a cinema.
0: Yes. But apparently at the same time, television networks were hostile towards film programming because they were fearing that it would loosen the network's arrangements with sponsors and affiliates by encouraging station managers to make independent deals with advertisers and film producers. That
1: I don't understand.
0: Essentially, the idea is if you have an ongoing TV series, you have so much say in who's able to advertise doing it because people are clamoring to advertise doing yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucy. When it's a standalone movie, they don't have necessarily the same sort of clout in it, and that they fear that through specific loopholes that it's the not the networks who will be able to decide, but the actual distributors.
1: But I don't understand how TV is... Threatened by movies not having clout with advertisers,
0: it's a weird thing. I think it just had to do with a lot of the industry was new; they didn't really know what was happening, like streaming. Essentially, yes, terrified about streaming happening, but they eventually came up with something that's a little weird. That in the 1950s, episodes of American television series would sometimes be placed together to form a individual feature and then shown overseas in movie theaters
1: because they couldn't
0: because they had. The stories, and they thought, oh, this is something we could do. And this was popular? Overseas to some degree. Mm. One thing we'll get into with this is basically throughout this time, TV producers try to find every single way. To get
1: more TV to people.
0: Not necessarily, but to cover their tracks in if they're producing one thing to make sure that it makes money somehow. So there would be TV episodes they group together and show in movie theaters. There was also times where TV producers would produce a TV movie and then realized that it wouldn't work for TV, so they'd actually sell it directly to their own movie theaters. For instance, uh, the poster we have in our hallway for The Killers was originally a TV movie, oh. but was deemed too violent for TV, I mean, so they put it into theaters instead. They aren't wrong. They aren't wrong with that. <laughs> the term made-for-TV movie was coined in the United States in the early 60s as an incentive for movie audiences to stay at home and watch what was promoted as the equivalent of the first-run uh, theatrical film. In 1961, NBC... Saturday Night at the Movies was a primetime network showing television premiere of a major theatrical film release, and other networks still copy that format. So that like basically every network had a day of the week, night at the movies kind of a situation. Right. And it was again a way for them to show movies that maybe people didn't see in the movie theater at home. Okay. Yes.
1: That it that feels so <laughs> convoluted. It
0: is incredibly convoluted. But remember, like NBC and Universal were owned by the same. Like, Umbrella Organization.
1: Right. Even then,
0: too? Even then. Okay. That's why, and I double-checked the poster that we have on the thing, because it was NBC that uh, that produced the Killers made-for-TV movie, okay. and it was released by Universal Okay. in movie theaters. Because
1: for some reason, I thought that was a newer...
0: So did I, but apparently, it goes back actually quite a long ways. Okay.
1: Maybe it was just for them, so they could get the Killers as a movie.
0: <laughs> but they generally say that the first actual made-for-television movie... Uh-huh just to be on TV, not an attempt to maybe put it in theaters right. or anything like that, was See How They Run in 1964.
1: I, have n- I don't know that movie.
0: Neither did I. I've, I've never heard of it. The Killers was done actually apparently just before that, but it didn't make it because it was too violent. Right.
1: It wasn't made for TV.
0: Yeah. The second one was Don Siegel's The Hanged Man in 1964 as well, in November 18th. These features originally filled a 90-minute programming slot, including commercials. Later, it got extended to two hours, and were usually broadcast as a weekly anthology television series, like ABC Movie of the Week or something Uh like that.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, okay, like an umbrella, masterpiece.
0: Yes, essentially. That way, you knew to tune in at this time and you'd get It wasn't TV just movie. whenever
1: they were planning on showing the TV right. movie and then the next night after.
0: Yes, it's not like what is happening nowadays when anyone does a TV movie. It's just they put it up whenever they want to. Yeah, yeah. TV movies got especially a very bad rap. Well, let me go back. So starting in the uh, 70s, a lot of the time, because it was cheaper to make a television movie than a full-on theatrical release movie, let huh. alone distribution and all right. that stuff, and it was usually faster to make them.
1: To make TV movies. To make
0: TV movies. In the 70s, a lot of them started to deal with major themes, like racism and interracial marriage. Because they
1: could, there was a quicker turnaround?
0: There was a quicker turnaround, and they were able to not necessarily worry about it making a lot of money. It'd be kind of sensational, mm, some people would tune in. Okay. But you don't need to worry necessarily about people, people like going out to the theater to see it. And this created... Over so it creates
1: time, buzz without creating a lot of controversy that affects their money.
0: Exactly. The controversy was actually supportive. Yes. Especially in the 70s, there were still movies shown in movie theaters that made money for the same reason. Like Mandingo is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. It's a It was a controversial book. It was a controversial movie. And uh-huh. people went to see it in theaters because of the controversy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of that going on. But that gradually morphed, especially in the 80s and then into the early 90s, into people thinking of television movies as trash or i mean movies of the week yeah which has a connotation of cheaply teenager teenager gets pregnant and oh god what is she going to do cheaply
1: made boilerplate plot sensationalization really al- you know subpar acting no
0: artistic merit really
1: because that's, i think i think that was true for a lot of it was that it just kind of became like pumping stuff out as quickly as they could
0: exactly and especially cuz they got an essentially assembly line Ability to do it, it became tabloid movies rather than anything else. Oh my gosh, like, they
1: love a true crime.
0: My my favorite example of it, and I know you've heard of this Long Island Lolita.
1: Uh huh. That was about Amy Fisher.
0: Yes. And do you remember the other guy's name?
1: But uh, Joey Buttafuoco. It's
0: another Joey. Joey's coming up everywhere. Yeah.
1: <laughs> everything's coming up joey
0: so obviously the artistically around this time they weren't really considered much and sure there were obviously exceptions of there, course there were serious minded but they then had to had a, a negative negative connotation to them right it couldn't be taken seriously
1: because of just the influx and glut of bad ones of
0: everything being produced yeah even today like there's still now the connotation of a lifetime a lifetime movie coming. i think yeah. it's
1: the same kind of connotation as movie of the week
0: exactly it's morphed into that now yeah
1: Christmas Prince.
0: Christmas Second Day Prince.
1: (laughs) Santa Prince. Christmas Love Story. All I Want for Christmas is Santa's body.
0: (laughs) Santa, All I Want for Christmas is a prince underneath my tree.
1: Oh. Christmas Ornaments. It's a woman who runs a Christmas ornament store. (laughs) But she can't get her own life together.
0: That was a bad one.
1: (laughs) There are not all winners. Christmas Bells. It's about Southern Bells. There we go. That's that, that, that,
0: that There we go. That's the <laughs> one. <laughs> that's the one.
1: In a town called Christmas Georgia.
0: So that's the nature of these things as an industry up to this point. I'm going to now finally start talking about the Emmys. Finally. Awards. The very first Emmy handed out for a television movie, which at the time was called Outstanding Drama or Comedy Special, it was, okay. was in 1966. As we go through this, the names of all these things change so many times. I'm not even going to be able to get into it all. Oh, of the category? The categories. They never know exactly what to call these things. The first time a miniseries was given an award was Outstanding Comedy Drama Limited Episodes. And that was in 1973.
1: That, that's kind of nonsense.
0: Yeah. Prior to, and this was a little weird, prior to that award happening, Limited Series Mini and miniseries were entered in the same category as a continuing series. Oh. So That's not good. No. And what that was fine for a while because there was there only was... so many networks and sure. there was only so many things. But then the Brits started being able to send their stuff over to PBS. <laughs> to a number of networks that they would start doing uh being able to show British limited series. And by 1973, they were realizing there were so many that they didn't want the Brits to take away their awards.
1: Upstairs, downstairs.
0: Why not? They didn't want the Brits to start taking away their own awards that they created for themselves. A
1: room of my own. So? Room with a view.
0: That was later.
1: <laughs> I, just There are a lot of these <laughs> British series.
0: There's so many, yeah.
1: The original run of Downton Abbey in 1972.
0: So that was in 1973. And then in 1974, they decided to rename it to Outstanding Limited Series. And then in 1986, Outstanding Miniseries.
1: And then it went back to Limited. We will get okay. it,
0: into, so, it, it. That's what I'm telling oh you. So it's so, so much So we're 86. 86. Now I'm going to jump ahead to 1991, the miniseries category, which was then called Outstanding Drama Comedy Special and Miniseries.
1: That's too many words. <laughs> too many words for one award.
0: Yep. The you you have, have
1: a problem with your award system if comedy, drama, movie, limited. Like it,
0: well, remember that the, this is a group <sighs> of nerds. If you go through and look at the history, even looking at this year, there are some categories where the name of the category takes almost two lines to say. Don't. <laughs> well, Do not. Because they want to get, specify exactly what the word is for, and sometimes they don't know how to make it concise. Uh huh. And at the time, there were five nominees per category. And because they merged them, they decided, you know what? There could be six. That'll be fine. Great. And the main reason for this at the time was because the sad state of television movies. Okay. And they just didn't think there was enough quality happening at that time. They then reversed that decision in 1992, the next the year. next because, year. Because they keep doing that. And yeah. then renamed outstanding miniseries and outstanding made for television movie as two separate okay, categories. So again.
1: miniseries and movie were now separated again.
0: Yes, and they're called miniseries and movies
1: to make it clear what <laughs> you're voting <laughs> for.
0: Yes. Because also putting them in all
1: in one category like that, it's like well, I don't know what it would even be what category it would even be.
0: Well, you're going to enjoy this then because in oh, 2011, no. due to a low number of miniseries being done at that time, the categories were again merged as the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Miniseries or Movie. I remember this. And this was 2011. They then reverted that again in 2014. Yeah, uh-huh. Because a lot of people started making miniseries and realized, oh, people are going to vote for miniseries over movies if they're put together.
1: Yes, because people get invested. A lot of times also those miniseries are based on books.
0: A lot of the time. So that was in 2014. And then a year later, <sighs> the name of the awards category was changed to Outstanding Limited Series. And (laughs) that is the sound of Alexander's head hitting against the mic. I, mm -hmm. and the rules were made to distinguish that category from that of a movie by having the work be, and this is a rule that's still around. It had to have at least two episodes.
1: Yes. That would be a series,
0: but having no more than five episodes. Okay. That's in order to make sure it wasn't then confused as a series. So, now we go into the fun times. So, that was in so 2014. Arbitrary. Here is what the rules more or less currently state nowadays. And because they had to, again, in 2015, Do realize it again. they realized, like, okay, these, that wasn't making sense, what we're doing. Oh, so, you,
1: think, you think an arbitrary number of five is maybe not
0: accurate? Right, because they are also having a number of cable TV programs that have very short episode counts. Yes. So they weren't really sure what the hell to do with any of these things. Plus, in 2014, they had the situation of True Detective and Fargo. Also, and d- also okay, American uh, Horror Story? We'll go into that too. Okay. But this was especially like significant because it was two shows that were in the same season. Mm-hmm. If you don't know about this, True Detective on HBO announced when it was being created that this storyline that this season was going to be was finite, these characters weren't going to come back, and that this was going to be a singular, insular thing. However, they petitioned that the show should be considered a series and not a miniseries. Wrong. Because at the time, and this is still something that doesn't make sense to me, at the time when it was being produced, it had no intention of doing a second season, and they only decided to do that when the ratings for the show were so good. No. At the same time, FX was doing a TV adaptation of the Coen brothers movie Fargo. They also said, this is going to be a show. These characters aren't necessarily going to be back for anything, but we are definitely open to having another season with different characters that just have the same tone, the same, but feel. then
1: it's a series. It's an anthology series. Just like I believe American horror story is an anthology series.
0: So during the season, Fargo gets put into the mini category and True Detective could put into the series category.
1: That is nonsense, though, that they'd be separated.
0: It's a lot of nonsense. And around this time, Amy Poehler, when, when the time she was hosting the Golden Globes, made a joke that, hey, I guess Parks and Rec, all we need to do is call ourselves a mini series or a limited series and maybe we'll win more awards. I mean,
1: more than zero.
0: Yeah. So in 2016, realizing that the TV landscape ain't what it used to be and designations weren't easy for them to figure out anymore, They did their best to exactly word out what the differences were in their designations between the three of these. Okay. In their definitions, a limited series is defined as a program with two or more episodes. Okay. With a total running time of at least 150 program minutes. Okay. That tells a complete... Correct. Non-recurring story. Okay. And does not have an ongoing storyline and or main characters Okay. in subsequent seasons. Sure. So essentially what you're describing as an anthology series. Correct. A TV series had to have at least six episodes. And if the ongoing storyline, theme, and main characters are presented under the same title and have continuity of production supervision. So-
1: Something like Fargo would get put into a TV series category because it's dealing with the same themes and it's production.
0: Here's the difference. And here's where a lot of the things happen. It's not necessarily an ongoing storyline. No. Or it doesn't have the same main characters. Okay,
1: but it has the same
0: themes. Right. But it had, they designated that it had to have all those. And so he, but it'll, it'll get we'll get into it in a second. A television movie is defined as an original program which tells a story with a beginning, middle, and end and is broadcast in one single part. Okay. There sure. is no direct mention, though, of a TV movie having to be presented completely standalone. And this is where Black Mirror was been, has been able to get photos Oh, of.
1: because so, they can give each episode as a TV movie.
0: So, in to- 2019, they decided to officially make this clear, where they stated... That an anthology series where each episode is completely separate uh-huh. can make the decision to of themselves to either, and they can only do one or the other.
1: Nominate one episode for a movie? Nope.
0: They can submit their individual episodes as TV movies, Uh huh. or they could submit the entire thing together as a TV series. Okay. That makes sense. So, like the last two – oh, they also made the regulation – That a TV movie must now be seventy-five minutes long, at least. Okay. The reason for this is both of these were because of Black Mirror, the last two seasons of the Emmys, not including the one that's about to come up in September. Uh Black Mirror has won for television movie. Correct. Last year it was for the space drama USS uh, Calabaster. Calabaster. Oh, uh
1: huh. Calister. The one about uh, sexual harassment.
0: Yes. Um, that was last year. The year before was San Junipero which was only 61 minutes long. So they wanted to make sure that it was more than just, oh, you took one of your episodes and put it up. And And they wanted to make sure, like, no, this is a movie.
1: Wasn't the other one nominated too, though? Which other one? The one with Dallas Howard.
0: No, it wasn't, which is a shame because that was a good episode. I could go into some of these other little details, but uh, to continue on with that thought, for a limited series of non-recurring story and main characters and that sort of thing... Okay. I'm going to go into American Horror Story. For most of its run, it's been good at each season being its own season.
1: Except when Except they decided to not do that at all. And secretly, they were all connected all along.
0: Yeah, I know. Which is incorrect. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lie. Thank you for lying to us. This is so in the vampire season, American Horror Story Hotel. Okay. There are two characters. Oh, yeah, who that was up.
1: vampire season.
0: Yeah. There were <laughs> two two characters who showed up in that season. Who were from others. Who were from other seasons.
1: Including one person who was already playing someone in, in that this, series.
0: Yes. They were not, however, main characters in either the previous season or in that season. They only showed up for one episode each in Hotel. So, okay,
1: but wasn't the season before Hotel? Freak Show. Oh.
0: So they were able to still be considered no. a miniseries because those were not main characters. It doesn't matter. They then did Cult, which is, it was own thing. It was able to be considered a miniseries. This past season, though... How is that a miniseries? How- American Horror Story Cult? Yes. Because it had a designated beginning, middle, and end, and none of those characters Oh, had Cult. I else. thought
1: you were talking about the one I'm that just came to, out. I'm
0: about to talk about Apocalypse, which they designated is technically a TV series because so many characters, main characters from previous seasons became main characters of that season. So they decided that American Horror Story Apocalypse had to be considered under the same guidelines as series and not miniseries.
1: Sure, but then this is problematic because you can't just keep bouncing back and forth between TV series and miniseries. You, uh,
0: under current rules, you can. (laughs) In a similar vein, this is something a little separate. In 2019, they also made a new designation that a show was allowed to switch between being considered a comedy or a drama once.
1: (laughs) Is that how he ended up with? No, Orange is the New Black was always a drama.
0: No, it was originally considered a comedy. It then switched to become a drama. But under the new rules, no matter how funny the show gets in the future, it can never once again be considered a comedy.
1: So there's no going back.
0: Right. It's basically a, the idea is, oh, you figured out what your tone is? Great. Stick with that. I mean. That's... If you want to do something else, create a new show. I mean, yes. I agree. Shameless did the same thing. It started out as a drama, and then they realized they got more nominations when they moved to a comedy. In terms of going into the awards for work done on a miniseries movie, they also add in something called Dramatic Special into that, which is basically a lot of time like a filmed play or filmed okay. film or something like that. Writing and direction you could be either nominated for the whole series if you did the whole series. Okay. Or for an individual if the episode entire series if was broken up in some way between individuals. Okay. A lot of the time, especially British ones, have a single director for the whole yeah. season, stuff like that. I, there can be more than five nominations for a director of a limited series.
1: Because you might have...
0: Because in Fargo, there'd be five people directing over the course of the season. Right,
1: and if you're going to create a rule saying... You can submit individuals. Exactly. You can have, if it was five, you could have all five be one series.
0: They also decided to crack down on international productions trying to get into being considered for stuff.
1: Like things that were on the air years before and then...
0: Some, yeah, that's part of know. it. They now had to create a rule that foreign productions can only be nominated if it is a co-production, financially and or creatively, with U.S. production. And it was produced with its initial intention of being shown in the United States. Yes.
1: I mean, I do agree with that because there have been some that are like, that is old. That's three years old.
0: Yeah. And the BBC especially is being very prolific. So now the BBC can only be considered for Emmys for stuff they show here if it was always intended to show here. Sure. Basically like, oh, BBC America? Yeah, that was always meant to be. Rather than America. just
1: like, well, it won a ton of awards. It won a ton of Olivier's and BAFTA's. Well, mm-hmm. we're just going to put like send it. And it'll be, it'll win more awards. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's obviously the ongoing issue with shows that were a miniseries and then become a series. Yeah. And there's been. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Downton Abbey. It's Uh first season was a miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. It truly was. Yeah. It's a lot of those things where they were trying to figure out, okay, we really need to crack down on the intention of these. I'm better with that than
1: American Horror Story (laughs) bouncing back and forth.
0: Yeah. I don't mind American Horror back jumping back and forth. I just don't like the fact that they decided to change what the show was partly through. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. I feel if they're going to do that, well, guess what? You're not going to be able to be considered a miniseries if you can't have it both ways. No, exactly. That's my feeling. Oh, they. All, this is a little detail that I love too. In 2016, they had to basically go in and say, you can only be nominated for a supporting actor in a limited series or movie if you're screen time was at least 5% of the running time of the movie the oh. reason for this and you might like this if i say the tv movie mrs harris uh huh does that strike you as being familiar yes why
1: um it had a actress by the name of she was english no
0: I'm curious to see what you're thinking this is, but I, I'm thought it was go a, with it. I
1: thought it was a series with an English actress, an older English actress. No. Was it Annette Benning then?
0: It was. Okay.
1: <laughs> you, I knew it was either.
0: You know the playwright and the director of it.
1: Oh, okay. This is Phil I Snosh's know. Thing. Yes, I know who. Uh, yes, I realize this now. <laughs> I, it was for HBO.
0: Yes, it was for HBO yeah. starring Annette Benning and Ben Kingsley. It was filmed in style as partly what's happening and then interviews with people who were supposedly part of it. And they got a lot of big actors to come in and basically do a two-minute scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including, like, Cloris Leachman and amazing actors like that. Apparently, when that came out, not a lot of people necessarily watched the movie.
1: They just saw clips.
0: Nope. They apparently, because we talked about this, this is a peer uh, group Yeah. giving out awards to each other. People were looking at the breakdown of, and they're like, oh, Chloris Leachman's like, oh, in it. Like, Chloris Leachman's in it. I love Chloris Leachman. Let's give her a nomination. Jesus. And she was in it for seconds. And so they, it took him until 2016 to kind of go, guys, we just need to make sure there's a regulation to that. Mm.
1: <laughs> so I think what we've learned from this episode is uh, it's hard to do two in a row about the same thing because Alexander gets.
0: <laughs> he gets emotionally invested.
1: Well, I get. I learn, and then I get angry.
0: <laughs> That's a good way to describe how you tend to go through these things. Yeah. Oh, I do want to talk about a couple little details. Real quick, before we go, despite the fact that they were trying, the Emmys have been trying their best to limit, to some degree, the British dominance of these awards, uh-huh. every year there's still at least one, Yeah. almost exclusively, especially in the last several years, so that has continued to always be a problem. However, I want to take just a quick moment to look at the miniseries for this season. The nominees are Chernobyl, Escape at Dannemara, Fosse Vernon, Sharp Objects, and When They See Us. This is the first time in years not a single miniseries is part of an anthology series.
1: Huh. Interesting.
0: Last year, there was Genius Picasso and uh, American Crime Story, Assassination of Gianni Versace. Right. The previous years, there was the first season of Genius. There was also the third season of Fargo, Feud, Bed and Joan, which may be a continuing thing. They haven't really figured out.
1: I think they're dealing with the lawsuit with Olivia de Havilland.
0: <laughs> Probably. Uh, the year before that, uh, they had People vs. O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story, American Crime Season 2, Fargo Season 2, another version of Roots. Right. they remade that.
1: With Anna Paquin.
0: <laughs> and- Night Manager, which to my understanding that, is a standalone thing, but they describe it as season one of it?
1: No. And that is, I think, one of the things I was talking about where it's actually years old.
0: That one actually, I think, came out around the same time. Mm-hmm. Around is what I'm saying. Before that, there's American Crime and Freak Show and all sorts of other things. Like You could keep going back and there's always something that says this, like in Prince's season one, season three, season five of some sure. sort of thing. So this year is the first time in a while where we don't have that, which is actually kind of lovely. Wow. But then again with the television movies, and this is what I was saying at the very beginning where I make – we're making rules and then just completely ignoring them for TV movie or miniseries. Like, for instance, uh, miniseries Luther, the British TV series, (laughs) has been nominated for miniseries – Three times. Why? It, it is, is the, the same, same character. It's not just the same character. It's, it's the same a characters. Story. It's a story. Every it's season has many story. characters who are the oh same. I, I can't. I can't they, talk about this they, anymore. No, that's why I'm saying that there's all these things that are happening and they ignore it. They ignore their own rules they all the time. They don't even follow their own Ridiculous
1: technical rules.
0: Technically, the last time Luther was nominated was in 2014, so before the 2016 change. But still, it's on a mini
1: series. No, it it,
0: just had like six episodes. It it had four episodes. It had four episodes, so (gasps) so it managed because it was technically more than two and less than five. See, this is exactly (laughs) what I was saying. This that was the dumbest rule. Yep, and Uh, that's how they managed to make that work. I'm done. I know this is a limited series, and I'm done. You mean we're not going to be coming back? And no, not- two <laughs> episodes, two,
1: two Emmy episodes. Two
0: Emmy episodes. Done. done. Okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> but it didn't reach 150 minutes. Oh, wow. Well. So that means you and I are going to be sitting and talking about this for a long, <sighs>
1: long time. We are not. <laughs> but if you enjoy this podcast,
0: I mean, unlike you me, not?
1: <laughs> you can check out our other podcasts. Uh, if you search Thorpe. That's T-H-W-O-R-P-I-N-C Anywhere you listen to podcasts And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this And all the Thwarp Inc. family of podcasts I'm Alexander Price
0: I'm Christopher Basile And I I think we should merge this (sighs) No, never mind, let's keep it separate No, maybe just rename it, but then merge it again
1: Help me, send help, please (laughs) Bye